Hey everyone. Um, as always, I'm Tyler. And I'm Christian. Uh, so a little disclaimer before today's episode. Today we're going to be discussing uh, mental illness and uh, mental health. So um, if any of our listeners uh, may be suffering from mental illness or mental health or know people who are, um, and this may be sensitive to them in some way, shape, or form, um, we just want to give you that disclaimer that this may um, be some sort of trigger for some of our listeners. Yeah, do we really have anywhere we kind of want to start or touch on? I mean, yeah, I mean, this is a, more of a um, <clears throat> free-flowing discussion type uh, as opposed to our normal, you know, topic, you know, finish, you know, type uh, podcast. We just wanted to get out there and talk about this because we both, um, we're both pretty passionate about it and we both um, have suffered from this. Um, I've actually got a pretty good quote about that. Um, it says, uh, what mental health needs is more sunlight, more candor, more unashamed conversation. Uh, that's a quote from Glenn Coase. Uh, she's an American actress. I don't know. If, I've never. I'm not personally familiar with her work, but I've always liked the quote. Um, and I agree with it. Uh, I feel like we need to talk more about mental health and mental illness. Uh, make it less taboo um, and more, you know, get it out there so you know people can get help. Yeah. Do we want to start off with our experiences with it, or I like that's a little, good idea? Little background. Yeah. So everybody uh, can know. You know, we're not just talking. You know, we're not just. You know. Yeah. I mean. <coughs> Uh, I, I mean, one thing we can both relate on, and we definitely have experience with mental illness on, is uh, coming back from a, I, I don't want to say the word failure, but that's how I always felt about it. Yeah, I, I felt the same <coughs> way. Uh, coming back out of basic and kind of getting booted from the military. That's, that, um, I'd th- say it's probably the worst of, the, like, what started, like, the really bad, like, uh, troubles I had. I've always had anxiety. Yeah, I mean, I've suffered from um, anxiety most of my life. Um, anybody who knows me like really well will know that I'm always worried about everything, even you know the stupid stuff. But you know that's what anxiety really is, though. Yeah, yeah, it's like being paranoid all the time. Yeah, yeah I was always very described as that. Um, yeah, I saw this funny quote one time. You know, not to be funny or make a joke about anything, but you know, just kind of keep this a little lighthearted as we can. Um, uh, the quote was, um, being or uh, yeah, uh, having anxiety is like um, making up conspiracy theories about yourself. <laughs> and I, I always thought that was kind of like, it, it's true though, you know, it's like, <laughs> it is. I, I was one of those people I'd always like try to plan out every single conversation I had, whether it was an argument or regular conversation, it just f- made me feel more comfortable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Plan out your interactions so you don't mess it up. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I'm not one of those people that likes routine either. So it didn't make a whole lot of sense. Like I like plan spontaneousness. Does that make sense? Yeah. Plan, yeah. Plan spontaneity, which is kind of weird, but I mean understandable for me who another person who has that you know social anxiety type aspect yeah. and you know um if anybody who really knows me is listening to this or you know knows me but doesn't really really know me is listening to that and they heard you know they heard me say social anxiety they probably you know kind of laugh because um, most people who know me know i'm pretty outgoing and pretty out there but um you know there's uh there, there's more there's more than just to that um i know a lot of people who are really out there um you know people but and you know they you cut co- they come back and you know you, you get to know them a little bit more, and you're like, wow, they really do, you know, have uh, that social anxiety. They just don't, you know, maybe display it in the typical sense of being quiet and staying inside. But it's more of like, in my terms anyways, um, it's kind of a personal, personal side. I'm here, but for me, my social anxiety comes in the form of uh, fitting in. It's like a more of a fitting in type of anxiety. Um, you know, I'm the type of person who, if someone makes a comment about the way I dress or the way I look, like that hits me really hard. Like, good or bad, you know, if somebody says, oh, I don't like the way your hair looks today, like, I'll never do my hair like that again. Like, 
if one person says it or if like somebody says hey you look good in that like that'll be my favorite shirt just because like somebody said i looked good in it like I, it, it doesn't matter who they were they could be somebody who was meaningless in my life but um that's just you know the social anxiety that i have i really worried about fitting in and what people think about me you know that's always kind of been my my real big deal there I, I feel that a lot. I feel like one of my biggest things is not seeming like I'm born or awkward or weird because I was one of those homeschool kids. And so, you know, that's the general persona that comes with it. And so I always try to avoid it as much as I can. And I, if anything, I force enthusiasm in everything I do. And if you ever meet me, you wouldn't take me as someone that's like anti-social or anything like that. But the thing is, like, I can only take so much conversation and so much just interaction that it, it drains me physically and mentally and I need I need alone time like I love alone time as much as you may I may seem really good at conversation stuff I I actively pursue to be alone a lot it's just I, I and uh, going on what you said about like anxiety in the terms of like what how people you think about you I always felt like that I I'm always worried someone's gonna think I'm not cool or I'm I'm just that guy that nobody cares about kind of thing. I don't know. I want to. I feel like, I mean, and you know, kind of like to bring society into this. Um, in terms of like a societal that thing, I think that's where that came from. You know, especially with social media these days and everything. You know, have all these social media icons. You know, who you know, they look prim and perfect or whatever, and all these pictures everywhere. You know, everybody's you know wants to look like them. Everybody's you know, it's so easy to look good online. Everybody wants to look like that. You know, and there's so you know so many examples of people who's you know like the perfect people or whatever and. You know, it's everywhere and it's all over your social media and so everybody's you know worried about looking like that so I feel like that's more of a it's more on the rise um, having that type of you know fitting in type of complex it definitely does affect people I mean uh, you feel the need that like you're not perfect because of the way they look but I and one thing I notice is a lot of things that's been happening recently is they'll take people will be taking really bad pictures of those people to show hey they have kind of a bad side and they get really offended by it and but the thing is I feel like and then any of their, their whole following would get on that person who ever took the picture or whatever. But I think it's actually really good that because it, I think it's showing that people aren't perfect. Everyone has their flaws and it's it, – you don't have – you're not going to look like you were photoshopped in real life. Yeah. I mean, and they they in real life, they're – a lot of the pictures are photoshopped. This happens with a lot of people. That hurts a shit ton of makeup. Yeah, another great quote. Simon, I'm a quote guy. Um, um but a great quote from a psychologist, uh, he's a Canadian psychologist, his name is Jordan Peterson, um, he's actually pretty famous, uh, most famous for helping, um, you know, the young, the young adult male uh, category, so that's why I'm really not, that's why I really subscribe to him, but um, the quote is, don't compare yourself to others, compare yourself to who you were yesterday, so, you know, that we were just talking about, you know, comparing yourself to other people and, like, how you, you know, but, and that's, that's not really what your, your, the goal is, you know, your goal should be to be better than you were yesterday, not as good as somebody else is because you know be the best you you can be not the best somebody else because they're already taken you know like be yourself yeah uh, <clears throat> i think it's i always uh kind of lived off of a that quote there be better than you were yesterday i think i think it's a really good mindset because you're mm -hmm. not you're striving to be the best you and not this copy version of someone else exactly like, yeah i i think that's just unhealthy to think like that um Going into uh, anxiety, one thing I also had problems with a lot was uh, feeling regret all the time. 
like no matter what I did, like if I said something wrong, I didn't get the reaction I was hoping for. I'd feel regret. Like maybe I shouldn't have said that. Maybe oh, I yeah. should have said something else. And like I'll start playing through it, and I'll just I'll be like, oh, that would have been a so much better. And it, I it, like it lingers in my head. And I totally agree with that. Yeah. I it just I I think my biggest issue is I always regret everything. And then I, because you're saying so many quotes, I have one quote. I don't remember who said it. Uh, I didn't very well prepared for any quotes or anything but it was uh <clears throat> if you marry you will regret it if you do not marry you will regret it no matter what you do you will regret it and that that's it there's there's it doesn't say anything like so just pick whatever you want but like that's like basically the, that's the, the, you know the grass is always greener on the other side you know like you're always gonna yeah you're always gonna think your choice is the wrong choice kind of thing yeah it, i i'm one of those people i always feel like i choose the wrong choice and i try to stand by all of my decisions even if i feel somewhat of regret about it but that's uh it's hard to do to be honest oh yeah i, I mean I, I definitely agree with you on that point um the whole regret thing um I, I can't tell you how many times i've sat up at night uh just replaying scenarios that happened during the day throughout my head i'm like man i could have done that differently i could have said that or i could have done this or i go back sometimes i go back way in time when i you know i'm just sitting up thinking you know, I'm like, if I would have done this in the past, how different would my life be, you know? Just to, that you know, constant regret, you know, just thinking back all the time. It's like, man, if I would have done this one thing differently, you know? And if I, you know, the, if I had a time machine type stuff, you know? Yeah, I get that a lot. I get that a lot. Uh, one other thing I come across, and I don't I don't know how many people have this issue, but, like, you, you feel regret, but it wasn't a decision of yours. It was, like, someone that had control over your life made a decision for you. And it's affected your entire life, and you have no control over it. And, like, it, the best thing to do is to try to move on before it, but, like, you just can't help but try to mope about it. Mm -hmm. Like, you always want to mope about it mm -hmm. or complain about it, but it's it's unhealthy to do that. Mm -hmm. It's better to just move on and continue with your life. But Especially because that thing was out of your control completely. You exactly. Know? It wasn't and that's a choice the, you made. That's the way you want to look at it, but it's it, it can be really hard just trying to move past. Oh, yeah, nearly impossible sometimes. It, it, it is. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely understand that much. Um, so yeah, uh, the other, you know, the uh, it seems 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 to me, anyways. Um, you know, I'm no professional, I'm no professional psychologist or anything. So, you know, mind me if if you don't agree with this. But uh, in my in my experience with a lot of people I know, um, it seems like the uh, anxiety and depression, especially nowadays, are are coming as a combo. So um, and I definitely, I, I mean, I, and that's how I am. Um, you know, when I'm not feeling anxious, um, it's usually my depression which is taking over. Um. And that's kind of what I want to jump in here talking about um, our personal experiences with depression. Um, I don't, I don't know about your personal experiences, Christian. Uh, I mean, we're good friends, but you know, we, you know, this is you know, something you usually talk about all the time, especially now. But um, some, some of my personal experiences with depression. Um, you were talking about um, the post-military, um, and that hit me hard. Um, uh, I, it hit me hard, really, too. Yes. I, so um, you know, I had you know. I went into the military because I had no real plan. I had no real goals. You know, I was like, you know, I'm I'm doing enough in my life. I'm going nowhere quick. Um, so I was already down. Like I was already in a pretty deep depression before I even left. Um, and then when they told me I was going home, and basically, you know, um, well, it, like your body's giving up on you. Um, it's really nothing. That's even really your fault. You're, you know, you're basically you're just not cut out for it. Um, kind of thing. Uh. That hit me hard because um that th this that was supposed to be my saving grace you know um I kind of put all my eggs in that basket that 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 was my future, um and that's where that was gonna go um so when I got home, and I really had no goals and nowhere to go um it hit me hard for the first couple uh, but really for the first month I was home, uh it was it was definitely difficult um dealing with the depression side of that. 
Uh, so, and that, that, that was probably, that was probably the point in my life where my depression was ever the worst right before I left. Um, well, not right before I left, but before I decided I was going to join the Air Force, it was really bad. And then once I get kicked out of the Air Force, it was really, really bad. Um, so yeah, Christian, any personal experiences with depression you feel like sharing? Obviously you don't have to share anything. Um, it's, it's a personal thing, but, um, I made the decision to join the military or the army, uh, before I, uh, got in a relationship. And it was one of those things, like, I have nowhere to go kind of thing, just like you. And I was like, this is the way. This is going to fix my life. And then uh, I got in the relationship. I was still in high school, so I had to wait a good six months before I actually left or anything. You know, you develop a relationship in that time. It it made it a lot harder to go. It made me regret making the decision, but I made the decision before we were together. Um, and so I went to, when I went to basic, I was I felt a lot of regret all the time. And then when I finally actually felt like, was part of something bigger than myself it i got injured mm-hmm. and i i wasn't expecting it but it, it it a lot of people um said i faked it and somehow faked fracture in a hip and faked an mri don't ask me how but that's what yeah, happened that, that definitely that, that didn't help me when i was in either people were like oh you don't even look like you're hurt like oh yes yep yep that you got me. me yeah <laughs> that, woof, i'm not injured you're right i don't feel any pain whatsoever you yeah. can see that and then uh, you they you know they put you in a holding or you you like finished BCT itself or whatever. So I graduated. Yeah, I graduated basic training. Yeah. I, I didn't graduate, and so I was in. Uh, I was held for a little while there, and I didn't yeah. have any. I was privileges. held too. I was, yeah, but I was there was one month following the, uh, you know, the company that I was with until they transferred me to the, uh, tra- like the holding unit to send you home, or whatever. I was there for a month. So basically, for two months solid, I just had nothing but to do, but think about it, and like I feel like that's where all of the anxiety and depression got the worst was having to think on that for so long because uh, yeah. I had, I wasn't able to develop the plan cause I had no access to the, uh, the resources to look on the outside world to think about anything. And when I got back like that, uh, I felt so disconnected to everything mm-hmm. and everybody. I definitely felt that. Yeah. I was like, oh, wow, I'm so behind, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm behind on everything. And then when you try to talk to your old friends, you notice, Hey, they kind of life's moved on, you know? Exactly. And the, I don't know. It's just, when people change and you're expect and you're trying so hard not to change so you could like stay or stay with them, but they change and you, it just it doesn't work like you thought it would. And mm-hmm. it just I feel like it's a, a sharper sting and mm-hmm. it was uh it was iffy. It was I don't know. I my first month back it was I don't remember it too well, but I just remember it being really really mm-hmm. hard. Another point, um, just just to that point, uh, something you had said earlier. Uh, in your in your uh, story there had um had had me remember a thing I wanted to talk about um so like I had said you know anxiety depression uh, for me and a lot of, in a lot of my experience they seem to come together like I was saying um and uh I, I honestly that this is something my dad uh, this is an observation my dad made um, because clinical depression runs through our family so he's he's uh, had his share with it too um, not to share his business but um you know it, it runs in the family but um. He, uh, an observation he made to me, you know, because we were talking about it one time, and he said uh, it seemed to him that um, when he was young, uh, and he, he sees in a lot of young people, because uh, he, he's actually introduced me to Jordan Peterson, so he hears a lot of these uh, young adult stories from uh, Jordan Peterson. Um, it, it seemed to him that it's the young people that suffer from anxiety, uh, or sorry, that, that suffer from depression. Um, and that is because they don't have really anything to worry about when you're younger, you know. So, you know, when you're younger, you now you might have some some anxieties when you're younger. Obviously, if you have anxiety, you've, pro- you've probably had it your whole life, you know, but you uh, but 
what you know the point he was trying to make is you know when you're younger you suffer more from the depression aspect of it especially with your teens or whatever because you necessarily don't you don't have as much to worry about when you're young you know like you got to go to school you got to you know you got to um, maybe maybe you have a part-time job but, you know your parents pay for your food your parents pay for everything so you really have all that time to sit there and not worry about anything so that's when the depression comes in is where you're not worried you're like and you know you have that all that time to sit there and think and then you know you get to be an adult you know kind of where we're at right now uh or we're doing everything on our own or, you know, we're paying the bills, we're paying, you know, we're making sure we got to eat, we got to go to work. Um, that's when you have less time to sit and think, but you have more time to worry, you know. So we're, you know, that's when your anxiety starts to kick in more is when you have daily worries. So that's when you get like I, and that's how it's been me for me anyways, too, is I've been more anxious recently than depressed um, just because, you know, I have so much to worry about. So my anxiety is really high all the time. Um and then, you know, but then you, you settle in for the day sometimes, you know, you don't have anything to do except sit there and think. And then that's when, you know, the darker depression thoughts start coming back. So, um, and, you know, that, that, that could be just my personal thing. I don't know if anybody else has experienced something like that. But it seems to me, you know, when I have something to do, uh, keep my mind occupied, I seem to be more anxious. But if I have nothing to do, that's when my depression comes, you know. Uh, <clears throat> uh, I, I agree with that for the most part, but I don't know if it's always because – uh, I currently I work a, a lot of overtime right now. Yeah, I, I like way more than I probably should to the point where I'm burning myself out, and I'm only twenty. Um, and I feel like going off of the burning myself out like that. It it um when I get home, I just I don't have any motivation to do anything, and like I feel like I get really bad depression. Just I don't like I don't have anxiety. I'm just. I'm just sad and you're burned like, out. Yeah. yeah, I guess burned out's the best way, but it like it 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 hits me a lot harder than like when I'm normally burnt out. Like I'm like questioning life at that point. Like, yeah. Why am I what busting my ass to just kind of keep this routine? Exactly. I, yeah. It's like is it really even worth keeping this routine? Like, what do I like this routine that much? And I have a weird anxiety. I get anxiety when like things don't constantly change. One thing you'll notice about my apartment, I don't know if you've paid attention to too much, is I'm always moving things around, whether it's little or not, so I can't keep myself in a consistent routine. Yeah. It's because routine scares me, mm -hmm. and, like, I'm just – I'm afraid to live that, like, regular life that everybody has. Mm -hmm. I, like, that's probably one of my biggest fears. When I'm, like, working so much overtime, I feel like I'm putting myself into that hole. You're forcing yourself into that life you never wanted to live. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. exactly. And, like, yeah, it – it doesn't sound so bad, and you know I'm describing and stuff, but like that's not what I want. It's mm -hmm. it's just it's far away from my actual goals because I don't know. I made goals when I was really young, and I've always lived by them, and I don't feel like I'm achieving them. And so I'm like stabbing myself down. And you know, some people be like, you know, set smaller goals, and yeah. I I don't know how to do that. Uh, one thing you actually <laughs> just did there, I don't even know if you noticed you did it. Um, I I've noticed that a lot of people um. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not picking on you or anything here. No, um, but something, something, something. I just heard you do um, while you were doing it. You downplayed your own your own situation, and I've noticed a lot of people doing it. Um, especially people with anxiety, um, they tend to downplay their own situation. So you were you literally just explained your situation like that's what makes you anxious, like and that's your thing. And then you said out loud, you said, "Oh, it d doesn't sound that bad when I'm explaining it." Like you kind of downplayed your own situation, but in reality, like sure, it's you know. Maybe to some people it doesn't sound like it. it it's a mm. big deal or whatever, but to you it does, you know? And like yeah. that, and that's your thing. So, And I've noticed a lot of people doing that. They're downplaying their own situations. Um, I do that a lot, but I don't know. Like, it, like I feel like it's my way of avoiding my own. Uh, and, that's what, and, and that's what a lot of people do. They're like, 
um, you know, like a, a personal thought I have a lot is um, I, I say to myself, you know, when I'm feeling down and depressed, I'm like, you're not depressed, you're just being dramatic. And like, that's not, that's not a healthy thought process because it's just more like, like I'm ignoring and I'm trying to, I'm trying to ignore the problem. And that's just, you know, and you know, the first, the first, um, the first step in um, recovery is acceptance. So like, uh, and if you, if you, if you don't accept that you have an issue, you're never going to try to fix the issue. So, um, and like I said, not, not to pick on you or anything there, but you know, no, that, no, no, that's no. just like a common safeguard that I've heard, I've heard from a lot of people is they're like, oh, I don't really have that issue or, like, oh, it's not that bad. You know, they're, they're downplaying their own situation to try to protect themselves. Cause you know, the human brain is like water. It follows, it follows the path of least resistance, you know? Yeah. It just, I don't know. I feel like it makes it easier to try to pretend I don't have any problems and not address it, but. Course, in reality, yeah. it's it's a lot easier. It's a lot. It's not easier, but it's a lot better to address it. And um, <clears throat> it's not no. Yeah, nothing. Nothing about nothing about getting help is no. No one ever <laughs> said it was gonna be easy. You know. No, no. It is the opposite of easy. It's, it's a lot harder than I thought it would be. I mean, for anybody who's ever been through physical rehab, like I, like a, a for a physical injury, you know. Yeah. Like I'm sure you have with your hip, and I know I. They actually well, didn't put me through rehab. It was too uh, high risk of an injury. Oh, well, okay. I went through it with my shoulder back when I played ice hockey. I separated my shoulder. And, you know, nothing about going to rehab was easy. You know, it hurt every day. Um, I had to do all this extra stuff. You know, and nothing about it was, like, easy. And it's mm. the same with any, you know, and that's the same with any injury or illness, you know. You got to do what you got to do to get better. And uh, mental illness is no is no different there, you know. So, you know, and, and your brain doesn't like that. Your brain doesn't like not easy. You know, your brain wants things to be easy and things to go well. So it's going to try to avoid doing the hard stuff and – you got to recognize when you do stuff like that and you got to force it to do the hard stuff. Like, no, okay, we're going to go get help today. You know, we're going to, we're going to do, we're going to do the homework our, our therapist gave us, or, you know, we're going to, we're going to go talk to our therapist today. Or we're going to talk to somebody. Maybe, maybe don't talk to a therapist or a counselor. You talk to you know, somebody, you know, yeah. or maybe yeah. you have a journal or something, you know, and anything, you know, you're, you're, you're going to do that exercise to get better, you know? Yeah. I mean, uh, to be fair, um, coming from experience, I think getting help is probably one of the hardest things I've had to do. Yeah. I mean, I uh, I recently just started looking into therapy, uh, but I gotta wait till uh, January because December is a very very hard month to get anything in. But uh, it's a lot harder than I thought it would be. Like it, it took me to get it took me to be in a really really bad point for me to actually be willing to get help. Mm-hmm. It, it, and uh, and that's good. That's good on you that you recognize though. You know, like okay, I'm in a really bad spot, and you know maybe I can't deal with it myself and. Some people, I mean, you know, some people never get there. Unfortunately, they they think they can fight through everything by themselves, or, you know, they. But um, and uh, honestly, it's it's good on you that you recognize that. Um, I mean, I if uh, to be fair, I was technically recommended by someone on the phone, but. We'll but hey, I mean, that's that's what friends are for, though, right? They're here to they're here to help, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it was a friend. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, yeah. I'm, I'm not gonna ask. Yeah, I'm not yeah. gonna ask you. Um. But um. We'll go on. Uh. But I I think it's good to you know when people a lot of people don't really seem like they have any issues until something bad happens and everyone's like oh I didn't see it coming but they give a lot of I don't know about you but I I usually give like subtle signs like hey I kind of want somebody to talk to but at the same time you're afraid of it so you just kind of give little hints but. But, yeah, I mean, and, and, and it really I, is it really is the smallest thing you gotta look for. I mean, you know, there's the stereotypical stuff, you know, um, in sign with signs of depression, you know, like um, people giving their stuff away, oh, or yeah. you know, pe- people who were previously very introverted being extroverted, um, people giving up on hobbies that they all they've always done, you know, like th- those are like the you know, 
those are the, some of those signs you can look for, you know. But there, sometimes there is subtler, more subtle stuff like that when you know they're like, hey, you know, like like you drop a subtle hint that you want to talk, and mm-hmm. or like you know that kind of thing. But like the slightest sign of like disinterest, and you like completely. Play He's it like, down. yeah, never mind. You know, yeah, you're like, oh yeah, I wasn't even interested anyways. You know. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Make it sound like you were never. You, you don't. You don't want to commit to it. You know. And I think it's good to realize how many people could be affected. I mean. There's there's been a lot of like deaths or suicides from like depression and anxiety and stuff that like no one saw it coming. Like Robin Williams is a really good example. Like nobody wanted to see that coming. Mm-hmm. But and he was probably one of the last people people suspected of actually doing anything like that. Yeah, and I mean that's that's another good point though that I meant to bring up earlier. Um, you know you see all these artists and these um actors and musicians and you you hear about these suicides or these depression their, their their depression their anxiety and you're like. Well, why would they? Like, how could they? they? They have millions of dollars. They have all all these people adore them. Well, you know, that kind of brings back to my earlier point. If you don't have anything to worry about, if you have millions of dollars and nothing to worry about, you know, maybe you do just sit in your big empty house with your not real friends and your money that really doesn't mean much, and you think and you get stuck in your head, and you know, you're you're constantly just thinking about the things that you know are wrong. And you know, for a lot of people, it's it, that's their outlet is whatever their art is. You know, whether it's comedy. Mm-hmm. Whether it's you know music, whether it's a painting, whether it's poetry, you know whatever it is, that's their outlet. Um, and like if you if you listen deeper into it, maybe maybe that's when you start finding the hints yeah. of things like that. You know, like um, with uh, Chester Bennington from Lincoln Park. That that was that um, hit me hard. Yeah, <laughs> I never really listened deep into the lyrics of Lincoln Park, unfortunately, uh, until after uh, after his passing, um, because you know th- then you start listening, you're like okay, like wow, th- this was right here in front of me, like you know, and like you like. But we we played it down at that point. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, I think I, – I feel like artists and celebrities, everyone always – agree. I agree with you. Like everyone always like – they have tons of money. They can fix any of their problems with that. But when you have that much money, I mean I, – I, I agree with your dad at that point actually. I'm like really thinking about this now. Yeah. But um, no worries. It leaves you nothing but to think when you're not doing anything. I mean you have – no issues, no problems to solve, no nothing, and then mm-hmm. can't keep your brain active. Exactly, you have you have, you have nothing to keep your brain on, you know. Like yeah. at least, like you know, like a normal person though, they got a, they got a job, they got family, they got th- their things that are always on their mind, you know. But like somebody who's like that, who like, like their only worry is like you know maybe they gotta write a song or they gotta go to a studio and record for a couple hours a day. But mm-hmm. like like daily like daily daily kind of issues, you're like, you know, they don't they don't really have that. And one thing I noticed with, like, celebrities and people like that is there's always a dedicated following of people, you know, trolls, who are, like, just dedicated to just shitting on those people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, you know, being someone who, like, creates art for everyone, I'm sure they listen to every criticism. I mean, oh, yeah. People giving them stuff that's even meaningless is going to affect them in any sort of way, I mean. I mean, I, w- I, mean, I talked about that earlier. Like I said, like, people, yeah. who, people, people I don't know have influenced me to, like, not wear something or to, like – style my hair a certain way like people that don't matter to me so like it's I, just like i don't I know this imagine. person i will never see this person again but i want to somehow impress them and yeah. other people in the future and you just take everything to heart yeah it's like it you can have millions and millions and millions of people telling you you're great but then you get the one person who's like nah not good enough and then like that that's what sticks in your head is like the one you're not good enough you know yeah it's just i feel that too mm-hmm. i feel I, I i relate to that i don't know if i can explain it too well uh, yeah, and that that's a kind of an issue. I, uh, I you know, and I, you know, we're kind of trying our best here with the whole explaining thing, but um, it's hard to put feelings into words. I've always struggled with that oh, a yeah. lot, just 
ask any of my exes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yike. <laughs> um. So yeah, we're about we're about uh, 15 minutes here, and give or take. But uh, so we're gonna take a quick break here. Um, you know, recharge our <laughs> recharge our batteries. Yeah. Um, and then we'll come back to you after a little break here. All right. Hey guys, welcome back. Um, I thought uh, it'd be a good idea to start this uh, half to how to get help a little bit more on helping or a little bit more uplifting and uh, how to help someone and how to maybe encourage someone to get help, you know, that general topic. Exactly, yeah. I mean, maybe you're listening to this and um, you're fortunate enough to uh, not uh, have a mental illness or suffer from mental illness. Um, and that, that's awesome. Um, <laughs> great for you. Not, I mean, not, not some better or anything, but... Um, uh, but maybe you have a friend. Uh, I feel like we all know people. Um, maybe you have a friend who has mental illness, has a mental illness, or suffers from mental illness. Um, and maybe you want to know, hey, what can I do to help them? You know, maybe you don't feel qualified, or maybe you know, you're like, what, well, what do I do? Like, how do I help? Because um, you know, maybe you feel like, okay, I've never been through this, so I don't know what they feel like. Um, and that, and that could be a big deal. Um, even being somebody who has suffered through this, I mean, sometimes it's hard for me even to. Um, talk about mental illness with a friend um and not feeling like i'm saying the wrong things so um i actually went online and got uh, compiled a list of a bunch of do's and don'ts um and we're gonna we're gonna run through uh some of those and uh kind of give both of our thoughts on them um so at first we're gonna run through the the do's here so our first is um listen uh and i mean i feel like maybe you know maybe you think like duh but like I'm talking like just true empathetic listening, um, not show interest yeah. while you're listening. Because if you're one of those people, you know, I'm listening, but you're not showing any interest or, in yeah. your, or showing signs of disinterest, they're going to take that to heart and they're going to stop. I mean, yeah. any coming from anyone with anxiety, once I see any slight sign of disinterest, I completely cut you off as having no interest whatsoever. Like exactly. You don't care. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and on that, but also don't listen to respond. Um, this isn't... This isn't exactly something you're trying to respond to or have a rebuttal to, you know. So listen just to listen, but you know also don't listen, like to be uh, don't 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 seem disinterested. So don't listen necessarily to get your response in. Uh, just really just listen to what they have to say, um, because maybe that's all they need is someone to listen to. I mean, at, or someone to talk to. Sorry. Um, as and as somebody who suffers uh, from anxiety and depression, yeah, I definitely agree that you know. If somebody feels like they're just, if I feel like somebody's disinterested or they don't care, I'm just gonna like, okay, well, they don't want to talk about that. I, then I feel bad for having talked about it, you know, like that. I, I feel like yeah. that with any conversation, I see any slight disinterest, I immediately think you don't want to be talking like, to oh, me. That's my fault. Yeah. And so, and just yeah, like you said, that that it's my fault, and I, I cut, I stop the conversation, or I, I, I try to slowly get out of it and just kind of remove myself. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so I get to the next do uh, is help them to getting help. Um, so basically, what that means is maybe maybe you know you're not qualified to talk about it, um, and maybe you know like okay, I can't necessarily help them with this. Um, so maybe you're gonna support them in getting help. So maybe your friend uh, has like they're 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 like okay, I want to get help, but I don't know how to go about it. So maybe you sit with them, and maybe you call call around to a couple uh, you know local therapists, or maybe you know you go online with them and help them research therapists or therapy, you know, and stuff like that. Um, but I mean, I'm not really to get into a don't, but this is more like support them, not force them. Because uh, I know me personally, if somebody told me to do something, especially when it comes to something like this, I'm just gonna kind of shut off and like, like yeah. I, just, I won't do it at all. And like, if someone's like, 
hey, you need to get help. It's like, okay, yeah, whatever. And then, like, that's where they just shove that off. I I feel like um, encouragement is good. You know, I'm trying to make it seem – trying to normalize it a little bit and not exactly. make it seem outlandish because then it makes it a lot – it makes it even scarier of a process, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe being on the phone with them with the person – because I I've, I found it when I was on the phone trying to you know look into just setting up insurance and stuff or see if my insurance is qualified like it was just scary to be on the phone there. And I'm not generally one of those people that's scared to be on the phone. I mean I'm on the phone all day at work. Um, but it's one of those things that it it made me quite timid. Not gonna lie, I yeah. think encouragement is good with that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, you know, just uh, the, the slight support. Like hey, yeah, hey, I know you're trying to get help. Um, let's you know let's let's look into this, but not be like hey. I know you need to get help. You need to do this, yada yada. Because then, then, then you become, you know, you start being an empathetic listener and be more like the, hey, I'm gonna help you thing. And that's like, yeah, you make them feel like they're broken. Exactly, yeah. Um, so the next do here, and this is actually really important, is uh, self care. Um, so if you're somebody who doesn't suffer from mental illness, um, and you have a friend who does, and you're constantly trying to help them, um. It, it, it's going to be exhausting, even for somebody who, uh, who, like, who, myself, who knows what somebody else is going through. Sometimes when I'm helping them, um, I notice myself getting exhausted. Like, you get tired. Um, it's, it, it's hard, um, especially if you don't know what, like, if you don't know what to do and you feel like you're just, uh, you're, you're mentally draining yourself and then you're putting yourself at risk um, to, you know, to, to be open to mental illness and, and, such, and such like that. So um, it's really important to Make sure you know your own boundaries um, when you're helping somebody else because, you know, if you can't help yourself, you can't help anybody else. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I mean, <clears throat> I, I I think – or that or – I'm, I'm blanking. I'm really – I had a full idea in my head. Like mm-hmm. I think. Um, what were we just talking about? Uh, self-care. So basically oh, – uh, Self-care. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Um. Yeah, yeah. When people are uh, talking to, or you're like trying to help them a lot, and but um, it, it's very mentally draining. I think one of the worst things you can do, though, if you feel the need to remove yourself, is telling them that they're mentally draining because oh, yeah, then they're gonna sure. feel even worse. Uh, maybe, maybe uh, the suggestion I saw online is maybe you say, "Okay, hey, I'm here to talk to you about this, but um, you know, I can't talk to you during these hours because I'm at work. Like I'm already doing something else. So, like I've got, I've got to put my mind on work." But after work, I'm free to be a shoulder, a shoulder to cry on or an ear to listen to, you know. So, like, you set up those boundaries so you know – so you're not draining yourself too much, but they also have somebody to talk to, you know. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't make yourself to be out a therapist because you're, you're not unless uh, that, you that's, are. Yeah, that's later, <laughs> on, later on the list, but, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I think it might be a good idea to, you know, give them a slight nudge to, again, trying to get help kind of thing mm-hmm. because uh, not only are you helping them, you're – helping yourself at the same time and i'm not trying to make it seem like if you're uh depressed and you're telling your feelings to someone that you're mentally draining them because that doesn't happen with that they want to help you yeah if somebody offers their help they they generally probably want to help you it's you're not you're not a bother to them but uh it's just a good idea you know yeah don't put all of everything onto their shoulders don't just drop it on them because yeah. uh, like they have to be sensitive with you you have to be sensitive with them exactly it's a yeah. two-way street um, so the next big point here for Purdue um, is learn about their specific mental illness. So, like I said earlier, maybe you you don't, maybe you don't know anything about this. So you've never been through it, so you don't know what the symptoms and signs and you know how how they may be thinking. Um, so go online, do some research. Uh, you know, if your friend is suffering from depression, 
uh, look up, you know, signs, symptoms and stuff with depression. So maybe, you know, what they're going through a bit more or anxiety or any, any, any mental illness, um, really just listen to them or go online and look them up so you can listen to them, you know, properly so you can actually understand what they're going through and, you know, more, uh, be more, be more empathetic with them because you actually understand. Yeah, I think it's a good idea, especially if you've gone through something, you can probably, they can relate to you a lot more and know you understand them. And I always find that to, it, it helps me a lot yeah. more when the people are actually understanding me or I know they understand me. Exactly. So if, if you go through and you know, like, you know what you're talking about and you, you know what they're feeling, um, uh, again, you know, you're, you're not there to, you're not there to, uh, well, that's later on the list, but yeah, basically you do should, you should know at least a little bit about uh, what they're going through. So maybe just do some research mm -hmm. um, on whatever their mental illness is. Um, uh, help, helping with basic life tasks. Um, so suffering from mental illness, this, this one uh, is especially for depression. Um, it, is, it is physically and mentally draining. So, um, you know, it can be hard for somebody um, to do something like doing the dishes or you know, taking out the garbage or cleaning up their bedroom or whatever, you know, it can be mentally draining, uh, it, like throughout the day to be dealing with everyday stuff on top of this. And then they don't do that small stuff. So maybe you come in as the helping hand to say, Hey, do you want to help clean your bedroom today? Or do you, you know, Hey, you want me to help with the dishes or Hey, how's the homework coming along? You know, just, you know, you're there as that extra helping hand because it can be hard for somebody who's going through all this stuff to want to do that, that small stuff, you know? I relate to that. I relate. To that. You're definitely the kind of person to do that. <laughs> um, yeah, I I think it's a really good idea to do that. I mean, um, coming from experience, I it when you're you have one of those days, you know, and you're just really down, doing everything, you just the the energy just isn't there. It's not that you don't even have the time. It's just the energy isn't exactly, there. Yeah. And I generally feel worse when I can't. I don't have the energy to do anything mm -hmm. like that because I know I need to, and it's only gonna pile up if I don't. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, oh. I. I mean, I did that one time. I mean, this is way before. Uh, I really even knew Christian too too well. This, um, <laughs> and uh, this is before you know, uh, uh, way before the podcast was ever even an idea. It was before we both left for the military. I think wasn't it? You know, you were gonna. No, I, I, before I left, you were back. I I was back. I was back for a few months, yeah. but I was still, you know, adjusting. Yeah. But uh, he was working. He was working hard. He came home late one day. Uh, that was when we were exterminating, right? Yeah, I was an exterminator. Yeah. Uh, we had a couple. Of, it was him, uh, our other buddy, uh, Stephen and Michelle. We were all over. Uh, they're, they're our friends. Um, but we were all over, and uh, he passed out because you know he he just worked a long day. You know, we were all just trying to chill, but he we we saw he was exhausted, so we just let him sleep. Uh, and then I saw, I was like, well, you know, he's got a, he's got a sink full of dishes over there and he just, he's working really hard here recently. So why not, you know, help him out and do the dishes, you know, I just, you know, yeah, I'm not going to lie. That it, did, it made my day a lot better. <laughs> you know? uh, and I woke up right before you guys left too. You were turning the lights off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A, uh, I mean, uh, Hey, you never know how much that's going to mean to somebody uh, it, just doing something like that. It, it, it actually, it meant a lot more than you guys may have felt. I mean. Waking up to that, it, being so mentally drained all the time, it, it just made life a lot easier. Mm -hmm. um, loose invitations. Uh, this is somebody, this may, may be for your friend who, um, either uh, the, the social anxiety or the depression. Um, so a loose invitation, um, this is something, you know, uh, don't make them feel obligated to come out of the house. Because, you know, sometimes when you when you do have that mental, that, that mentally drained, um, you know, they're like, I don't want to go do anything, I'm just going to sit inside today. So maybe don't 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 make like a hard plan and make them feel bad for not coming, but maybe extend a loose invitation like, hey, 
a couple of us are hanging out later, you know, maybe you want to stop by. Or, you know, hey, we're going to go do this. Uh, feel free to drop in, you know. Yeah. Instead of being like, hey, we're doing this. You should be there. Or like, hey, you're going to be there, you know. Because like, then they feel bad for canceling or they, they feel like they need to go out or maybe they, they don't want to. Um, you know, helping extend a loose invitation so you know, like, hey, we still want you to be around. But, like, we, I, I also understand if you, do, if you don't want to come out and hang out but like you're, you're still keeping that connection you know with them yeah yeah and that's really good make make it more of like they want to go rather than they feel obligated exactly thing. yeah and, and like and make them feel like you want them to be there mm -hmm. like, like you're not forcing them to try to be there yeah yeah that can be difficult though I, I i get that i mean what's a good example of like how to send a loose invitation do you think uh a, a couple of the ones i just said before so like um we're all going out to, we're all gonna go bowling um, you know, uh, and you know your friend who is suffering from mental illness, um, and you know they they don't usually come out for stuff like this because you know they're just so drained all the time. But you're like, hey, a couple of us are going bowling, uh, and um, uh, if 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 you feel like coming coming along, that'd be cool. Or um, uh, it'd be cool if you drop by, or you know, just like you know, if you want to come, let me know. You know, like mm -hmm. like make them give them like a hard choice rather than like, hey, we're going bowling, come along, or like, hey, we're going bowling, you're gonna be there, right? You know, like. Yeah. Like, yeah. hey, it'd be cool if you showed up, you know? Like, it'd be, it'd be nice to see you, you know? Just, like, not like a – but not a hard invitation either, you know? Yeah. I, you ever feel, like, obligated even through a loose invitation sometimes? Though? Like, uh, FOMO. I feel like that's a – If you're missing of, out, that's that's, yeah. a, that's a real thing. That That is a really big I, thing. I feel I, that all the time. That My anxiety, that's that's all it is. Mm -hmm. I also did that clicking again, I noticed. <laughs> Been really trying to get rid of that. Um, FOMO is probably – because, like, you know, regret. I'm like, oh. I, I, I missed that, yeah. out on something incredibly fun, but if I was there, I probably would have just, you know, sat around all the time. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I get that all the time. Even on stuff I know that isn't going to be fun. Um, another big point this is the next point on the list of what to do. Uh, patience. Yeah. It, um, you know, oh. when you're dealing with some, your friend, uh, your friend or loved one who has a mental illness, you got to be extremely patient with them. Um, and, you know, don't get mad if they, if they clam up or, you know, don't get mad if they, um, don't want to talk that day or maybe don't get mad if you notice they're not doing, you know, being themselves. You're like, you got to be patient with them. Um, they're going through something right now. Maybe that you can't understand. Um, but if you're really going to help them, you got to be patient with them. Uh, yeah, I feel that. Um, <clears throat> I feel like patience is probably one of the strongest things to have when talking to someone like that. And one thing also is uh, making sure they feel comfortable. It, goes along with patience because you mm -hmm. have to wait for them to feel comfortable talking about it and making sure they have their personal space to um you know so they learn to yeah. feel comfortable and they never, don't never force them to talk you know yeah because force them to talk is going to make them feel worse and i know a lot of people you know they're that you know very assertive friend and they you know you have to tell me what's happening kind of thing i feel like those kind of friends they they can bring them down a little bit yeah. more uh, you got to be that's a uh Gentle is a good word. Gen yeah, gentle and patient. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah, yeah um, another one. Uh, this probably. I mean, this is one that I really appreciate when people do for me. Uh, it's just stay in touch. Um, Staying in touch is yeah. a really good thing. Uh, maybe maybe not like all the time hanging out or whatever. Maybe even just like you know text me once. Oh hey, how you been? You're like hey, what's up? You know, just like, like just another one of those loose type of invitations where it's like you know like hey, how are you? Like inv inviting them like saying hey, we're still like I'm still here for you. But not necessarily saying, "Hey, do you want? Do you need to talk about it?" You know, like just staying in touch. You know, maybe not necessarily always talking about the mental illness or whatever they're, you know, worrying about, but just saying, you know, "Hey, you know, how you been?" Yeah, yeah. I I feel like um, 
when I'm generally down, that's one of my things. Or a lot of people, you know, they just kind of – you lose touch. I feel like that mm-hmm. also brings yeah. me down when I lose touch with people. and it, Or you'll ever try to start a conversation and it just feels awkward the whole time. Yeah, like they, you can't talk to them, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, I feel like it's a good idea to just kind of stay in touch. Every once in a while, drop a how are you doing kind of thing. That it means a lot more than you might think it is, even if it feels awkward or forced. I mean, it shows you're putting somewhat of an effort. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> All right, now into the don'ts. Uh, this is these are some very important things to remember. Uh, almost more important than to do sometimes is what not to do. Um, don't take it personally. Oh. That's a big thing. So a big sign with depression um, is people will get angry. They'll get they'll get short and they'll get angry. You gotta realize when when they're when they're being mean to you and when they're being mean because of a mental illness. So if you're helping your friend and you notice they're you know they're getting real short with you or you know just anything, just don't take it personally. It's not you know it, it's it's bigger than you. Yeah, you know, you got sometimes you gotta be like okay, they're not mad at me. You know like this this is anything I control. You know type of thing. Uh, I'm generally pretty good at that, but if I'm being honest, there's there's some occasions where I I could have definitely uh, it, it can be handled hard. it better. It can be hard. It, yeah. yeah. It, when you when you feel like okay, you know, like oh they're mad at me, I don't want to talk to them. I'm like no, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe that's when they need you the most. You know. Exactly. Exactly. I, it's you know if someone feels like they're pushing you away, sometimes you just you just like mm-hmm. all right, fine, kind of thing. But it's good to keep pushing through because even though they're pushing you away, they they oh. still need in. Mm-hmm want you another another thing um uh, about taking personally uh, th- this is m- more for significant others uh, maybe even friends sometimes but um if if you have a friend and they're depressed and they're talking about you know uh suicide or suicidal thoughts um don't don't necessarily think oh wow i'm i'm a bad person because they're thinking like this no you know it's it, it, honestly it's bigger than you um as as one person so like uh, some examples, maybe, maybe you have a girlfriend, uh, or boyfriend or whatever. And they're, they're like, uh, like, I, I just feel so down. I feel like I don't want to do this anymore. If you take the thought train, oh, it must be something I'm doing wrong. Or like, like wait, I thought we have a good relationship. I love them a lot. Like, how could they think like that? Like, it's bigger than you. You know, it's, it's not, you know, you got to think, okay, you know, there's, they're, they're in a place, but it's not my fault. You know, uh, I, that's another thing I could have definitely worked on. I mean, that, mm-hmm. that was something I probably had a lot of trouble with. I, my biggest issue is I blame myself for everything. Yeah. Uh, I feel like a lot of my people never held themselves accountable, and so I feel I need to hold myself accountable for everything. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and that was one of the things. If someone wasn't feeling great and they were like a close friend of mine or something, I took responsibility. I put it on myself, and it, it's, it's a heavy burden. It, it is a heavy burden. It, it brings you down. <laughs> it, pro- it probably throws you to something that they're going through. Exactly. So, yeah. Definitely just uh, try as best you can and not take it. And sometimes it's going to be hard. Sometimes they might say something, you know, that really makes you angry. But in the long run, you got to remember, don't take it personally. They're not talking to you. They're talking, you know, they're just venting something else that they're feeling, you know. They're, it's not at you, you know. They may be talking to you, but they're not talking at you, you know. Yeah, and just, it, it's not about you. <laughs> um, these next two kind of go together. Um, don't try to fix or give advice uh, unless Unless you're a certified psychologist or psychiatrist, um, it's not your job to fix or give advice. I think the only advice that anyone can give is maybe recommend them that they see somebody. Yeah, to somebody who can properly help yeah, them. Yeah, because much as you may – like me, I've, I've been through a lot, but that doesn't mean I can help anyone. I mean, I, yeah. I, 
Like it's Leave good. it to the professionals. Like it's great that you know a diet that might help with depression or like you know a stretching routine that makes you feel happy. But like that's maybe it's not the time or place to tell them, hey, you should try this stretching routine because it's gonna fix your depression. Like that's probably not what they want to hear. Yeah, you, you're just not living your life right. That's why that's you have depression. Thing, yeah, uh, that like there. That's one of the things I always found to be the most irritating. People saying that, is that like oh you like you're like oh just just be happy. Like what do you mean? Like, what do you mean? Just oh, be yeah. happy. <laughs> <laughs> that. Yeah. Just, like, just be happy. That that's how you fix depression. Just oh, like, be oh, happy. thanks. I didn't think about that one. No, no. <laughs> it's raining out. Just just tell it. Just stop. Just tell it to stop. <laughs> um, yeah. So that definitely, um, you're if you're not a psychologist, psychiatrist, it's not your job to fix or give advice unless the advice is to get help from somebody who can properly fix or give advice. I think it's a really good idea to avoid that word "fix" again, though, because mm-hmm. it makes them feel like they're, they're broken, broken. Yeah. and that makes it. Even worse. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the next one is minimize or compare. Um, when you're talking with somebody about, especially with this, you're not talking about yourself. So um, there's a difference between uh, you know sympathy and empathy, you know, uh, and and in this case, you're really trying not to compare or minimize. You're not, you know, like so. May, may, maybe you have been in a situation that's similar to that, but then you know, then they may feel like, oh well, they're just trying, you know, the the game of one up. You know? mm-hmm. And like that's not what this is about, you know. I, I hate the game of one up. Yeah, the, the, it happens so much that like um, you're just trying to talk about something, and someone's like, "Oh well, I've been through that, except worse." It's like, okay, well, cool, like, <laughs> great, yay. <laughs> I, I I always found that to be the biggest. When I was younger, I I dealt with anxiety, and anytime I'd ever try to talk about anything. It, I feel like the biggest thing that everyone my age was doing was trying to one up each other on how bad their life is, and I'm just. Why is that a good competition? Like, why, why, game? like yeah. why do you want to win that game? <laughs> Great, you have a worse life. Congratulations. That's not the game you want to win, guys. Yeah, no, that's not the game you want to win. I, I don't know. I just, I never personally understood it, but I always found it to be so infuriating. Mm-hmm. Like it's, yeah. Because as as long as that mindset stays, it's I I don't feel like anything can really like change for the better. Exactly. So you need to not worry about minimizing their thing. Like, oh, it's not that bad, or comparing, saying like. Oh, you know, well, I've been through worse. Like, that's not what you're, like. You're there to listen and maybe you know occasionally give a little bit of input if requested, but you're not there to like tell them like, oh, well, I've been through worse or like, oh, you know, like that, that's not what you're there for. You're there to listen and help. Um, and maybe that's not for you. Maybe that maybe that's when you suggest that they talk to somebody else or they you know get professional help. You know, maybe maybe you realize you can't. That's not that's not your role. You know, some people are just like that. Some people aren't about that. Um. Last one here uh, is don't take a hard stance, uh, specifically on medication or really uh, hard stances in general on a lot of things, um, because again, that's not where they're there for. So if you take like a hard stance on something, say uh, medication as an example, like oh maybe you like oh like you should take antidepressants or oh you shouldn't do that, you know, like then it's like again like hard stances are not what you're there for. Like, no, you're not the psychologist or psychiatrist. If they're prescribed something or they're not prescribed something, that's not you're not their doctor. You know, yeah, it's not your decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, going on that, I think another thing is um, people projecting their religion onto other people. Uh, that's that's a, that's a sensitive mm-hmm. thing to talk mm-hmm. talk about. I realize it's a little touchy, and this applies to both. This applies to everyone because I've not, experienced yeah. it on both ends. Mm-hmm. Um, because I used to be religious, I'm not anymore. So I've kind of like I've had fifty fifty thoughts on it. But um, people being like, you know, oh, you're depressed because you don't have God, or you know, um, I feel like that's that's 
probably one of the most common things I hear about. Those hard stances. It, it's a very hard stance, and it's it, it makes you feel worse about yourself, yeah. kind of thing. Or uh, it's like it's not helpful at all. It's like okay, like, it, it's not helpful <laughs> yeah, at all, especially right. if you don't really agree with it or anything. Yeah. I, I I hear that kind of stuff all the time, or it's mm-hmm. just like, oh, you're depressed because you're following some fake god or whatever kind of thing. It's just why. I feel like that's like talking about politics at Thanksgiving at that point. It's just you don't a, do it. Just don't. It's a bad mm-hmm. idea. It's y'all, y'all have different opinions. Respect your opinions, okay? I don't understand why people can't do that anymore. Uh, like, it's. It, I mean, it's not just anymore. It's been a problem throughout human history. Oh, you know? I mean, true, but like, I want to always want to be right. You know, <laughs> I want. I don't know. I just want people to like respect each other, whether you have different opinions or not. I'd always try my best to do that. I have so many different types of friends. I think everyone yeah, should and then strive to diversify their thoughts. I don't know, or at least look at it. But th- then again, that's just my opinion. You can you can say no. I don't care. Yeah, cool. Um, anyways, yeah, we're not really talking about you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Stances here, but uh, again, anyways, we're trying not to have those. Um, yeah, but yeah, um, hard stances on really anything. Try to avoid them, uh, because and you know, they, then you seem closed minded, and then they're like, okay, maybe I won't talk to that person because they like I already know what they're gonna say, kind of a thing. Um. So yeah, that's the end of that list. Um, so maybe there's there's a little little bits of advice there. So maybe uh, you can help your friend, um, or friend friend or loved one who is suffering through mental illness, um, and better help them, better talk to them. Um, so yeah, I guess we should wrap this one up. Um, oh. I mean, wrap this one up with a little quote. Uh, uh, this one this one's an anonymous quote, but uh, I've heard it a million places from a million people. But uh, it's okay. To not be okay, and I feel like that's a big thing. Uh, that's a good way to end it. Honestly, uh, you know, you, you got to realize um, sometimes you're gonna have a good day, sometimes you're gonna have bad days, but um, you got to realize that uh, in the end, it's okay to not be okay. But um, you know, maybe you, and that that's when you realize you need to get help. Yeah. Um. I've... Yeah. So, kind of an awkward ending, but uh, you know, as always, uh, he's been Christian, I've been Tyler, and this has been what year is it? Um. Definitely not our usual format, or uh, this is definitely much heavier than we usually talk about, but we definitely appreciate you guys listening. Uh, uh, if you want to let us know what you think uh, over on our Twitter, uh, we'd love to have an open discussion about this. Uh, I know both of us love to talk about this. So uh, check it out. I'd right. love more of yep. an in-depth discussion if yep. anyone's willing to. Yeah, over at, uh, at your podcast. Uh, check us out there. Um, and, yeah, uh, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll talk at you next week. It's okay to not be okay. <laughs>